Welcome to Adaptivist Live, the Atlassian Ecosystem Podcast. This week, we're reviewing Summit, and what a review we've got. My name is Ryan Spilkin, and I'm here, as always, with Matthew Stubblefield and Brenda Burrell. Matthew, Brenda, welcome back from Vegas. So good to see you. Very happy to be here. Good to be back. And we want to start today. Now, I, I wasn't there. You might have felt the missing presence of me, but you definitely felt the presence of Matthew and Brenda. There were many people who thought I was you, Ryan. So in, in spirit, it's like you were there. Huh, that'll, that'll do. But first of all, we want to thank some special listeners. Uh, so I had the privilege of meeting EJ Hanyadi. Uh, he took my Confluence administration course. And so sure enough, I walk in, there's a gentleman in the front row who goes, uh, are you Brenda? Yes, I am. Well, how's Delilah? <laughs> and I was like, um, nice. and, and then I remembered our last episode where Ryan had said that if, uh, if someone mentioned Delilah in my training courses, they'd get special treatment. So EJ, thank you so much for brightening my morning. That makes and my day. I also, yeah. <laughs> I also want to do a quick shout out to Patrick Byrne. Patrick, thank you so much for both stopping by the booth and coming by our event. It, it made both Matthew's and my summit, I think, to meet you and to know that you've been listening since episode one. Um, it was just such a, a pleasure and a privilege to hear that, that the podcast has been helpful to you. So thank you so much. So for those of you who don't find the podcast helpful and yet never email learn at adaptivist.com, we're going to keep doing what we're doing because uh, we did hear from several people at Summit. I apologize to those whose names I didn't get, but thank you so much. Uh, we're glad that our summariz summarization of release notes and whatnot is helpful. And uh, for everybody else, I guess uh, deal with it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, <laughs> for any of you who have been listening since episode one, like Patrick, all I can say is, Sorry, bro. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> so we do have a bit of news that we need to, to talk about before we get into the review of Summit. And that is another, another podcast comes up and another Confluence critical security vulnerability is disclosed. On the 17th, Atlassian announced that another security vulnerability had been detected. And if you are vulnerable to this, we need you to upgrade Confluence immediately. So this is like previous vulnerabilities affecting a whole bunch of Confluence server versions. Uh, so if you are, it, we'll, we'll link it in the SoundCloud notes. Uh, we don't need to list all the versions for you. If you have Confluence, please check the April 2019 security advisory. This is a critical vulnerability. Uh, it's around attachments and a path traversal. Uh, so if somebody has permissions to add uh, attachments, uh, upload them to your Confluence site, they could traverse through that path to write arbitrary data to other parts of Confluence uh, on the server, which would allow for remote code execution. So uh, definitely uh, check out the security vulnerability, get upgraded. Uh, all the notes will be linked in the SoundCloud description. Yeah, nobody has got time for that sort of shenanigans. Guys, I'm getting, I'm getting the impression from the conversations that we've had and some conversations that I've had with other teammates who've been to, to Summit that there was a ton of news that hit pre-Summit, but Summit itself, not as big. No big, no big major announcements. What, what's your take? Yeah, so I, I recognize that 
our, our view is limited. Uh, so Brenda and me, we both were really busy at Summit meeting with customers, meeting with other partners, meeting with people from Atlassian. There were a lot of sessions we couldn't be in. Uh, neither of us made it to any of the keynotes. Um, but I, I was in some sessions on Partner Day, and I did talk to people throughout the week. And uh, yeah, not a lot of big announcements. Like, you know, Agile Craft, uh, the branding of Jira Line was announced at Summit, but we knew about Agile Craft, you know, weeks before Summit. Uh, cloud has some incremental changes. Uh, the user limit cap going from 5,000 to 10,000, more data centers, which should reduce latency and improve load time. Um, just obviously a ton of heavy investment in cloud, but that's, you know, uh, sort of par for the course. That's a, a pattern that's been going on for a while. Uh, Portfolio 3 came out, but it's mostly a roll-up of aesthetic front-end changes. Um, I did get to spend about 45 minutes talking with Roy Fine, the product manager for Portfolio. I uh, talked a lot about some of the new features in terms of manual scheduling and whatnot, but it really raised the question for me of, you know, how does Portfolio compete against similar apps like Big Picture and Structure? What is its vision going forward? Uh, what differentiates it? And um, other than that, it's made by Atlassian. Uh, there wasn't a lot there. So like it didn't, it didn't thrill me. A lot of the things didn't really excite me. There, there wasn't anything like, boom, this is a, a big thing from Atlassian. Um, that said, AgileCraft is huge. Um, there's, there's obviously a lot going on, tons of stuff going on in cloud, tons of stuff going on in cloud. Um, had a really good conversation with the product manager for all of cloud. And we're going to have more conversations in coming uh, weeks and months. And so very excited about all this stuff. But, but no big reveal like we've had in previous years. Brenda, onto that cloud bit. Um, it really seems like a lot of the, the investment that they're doing, um, I, I don't know. I don't know exactly how to quantify this, but it seems like with cloud, the premiere of cloud premium, what do you think that means in the market? It definitely shows that they're focusing in that area. Um, I know that I, in speaking with a number of folks who administer Atlassian tools for their organizations, there is definitely some concern that Atlassian's just going to get rid of server altogether. Uh, a, a lot of um, feedback that that I had heard was, what about server? What about server? Um so I, I'm not real sure, to be honest. It definitely does seem, and, and they have definitely been pushing cloud, cloud, cloud for years. Um, it seems like they're, you know, really going to continue in that trend. Um, and just, I, I could see potentially that Lassian may at some point stop supporting server. I'm not entirely sure that it would go away completely. But I did hear some folks talking about, you know, what does this mean for server in particular? Folks on data center know that they're going to, you know, have support for quite some time. But it feels like servers kind of just getting left out in the cold. Um, and for a lot of people, they run server. And that's their concern is what does this mean for us? Well, I certainly noticed that they did introduce a uh, converter into cloud for Confluence. Like, hey, just come on over to the cloud. Don't get out of the cloud, but come on over to the cloud. Exactly. Yeah, really easy migration from Confluence server to Confluence cloud in terms of a migration path out. It is incredibly difficult and it's getting harder as the code base diverges further. Um, Likewise with Jira. Mm -hmm. But Ryan, Ryan uh, you, you mentioned cloud premium. So for our listeners who aren't familiar with that, because we 
we've been dealing with it for the last week. But um, if you weren't at Summit, you may not have heard about this. Cloud Premium is a, a sort of a heightened service level or, or service offering from Atlassian. So one of the criticisms of cloud for a long time is you don't have SLAs, the uh, uptime isn't guaranteed and whatnot. So they are launching a premium offering. Uh, costs more, but it gets you 99.9% uptime and SLAs of responsiveness and all these things. But it is very expensive. Like it makes me wonder not if server is going to go away. I actually wonder if data center is going to go away. And if at last, obviously like the problem there with both server and data center going away is how do you handle security for on-prem? You know, that's why people do on-prem is they need it behind a firewall. And what Atlassian is doing with cloud is massive investment security. Like we've all talked about GDPR in Europe and Atlassian is going above and beyond what GDPR asks about, uh, or, you know, needs like they are really, really going in security, which is awesome. It breaks a lot of stuff. They're going to that far end of the spectrum of like security versus usability, and they're going all in on security. Um, but why do you do behind the firewall? Well, because you need to be secure. And so Atlassian is trying to answer that. It, it still probably won't be compelling for everybody. I think they will still have server and data center for the foreseeable future. And by foreseeable, I mean at least a decade. Um, I think it's, it's here to stay effectively. But they're investing. But man, it, it's expensive. So do you think that um, pricing for server and data center licenses are going to follow suit? I really wonder, like, so we were comparing against our managed services offering and we're always careful. We, we say that we offer managed services. We don't just say hosting because at Adaptivist, it's not just hosting. You don't just get a box. And we throw some stuff on it. Like you're, you're getting a premium service. You're getting people with years of experience running this stuff at scale, high performance SLAs. with, you know, with SLAs and, and like 15 minute turnaround uh, with our, our premium support and, um, and we can help you. We can be thought partners. We can help you know the right things to do, not just in terms of setup and configuration, but like how to actually use the tools. And cloud premium, like we're expensive. And cloud premium is like twice the cost of our managed services. Like it's way up there. So the question becomes, is Atlassian then going to tune the cost of server and data center licenses to then make cloud premium more competitive? And that's what we don't know. Um, they actually drove down some of the cost for some of the stuff a while back uh, for server, not so much for data center. But depending on the user tier you're in, data center actually got cheaper uh, at lower end user tiers to entice people to come in. Now that they're launching cloud premium, what that's that going to do? Um, we don't uh, sadly know, uh, but uh, knowing Atlassian, I would I would expect there to be a change in the next year. I mean, I've I've never really seen prices on anything go that far down. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like. Oi, inflation. It's here to stay. Uh, <laughs> Tune in to the April 2029 episode of this podcast to see <laughs> predictions came true. Set a reminder on your calendar. Listen back. Yeah. Check it. And somebody will email us in 2029, but that'll be the first one. Yeah. All, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So beyond the Atlassian news, uh, we've got uh, we've got some cool adaptivist news to share, Ryan. And that is what I am talking about. So adapt. We feel very lucky to have been mentioned in the news a couple of times. And first off, uh, the AI Authority or AI Authority. A-authority? Has an article about Adaptivist positioning itself as the largest independent Atlassian solution partner that is committed to digital transformation. And 
Ain't That the Truth? We had a fantastic session at Summit hosted by the one and only William Rojas, where standing room only, phenomenal response. I've, I mean, I've just, people were buzzing after this presentation. And it's all about our journey into digital transformation, um, and scaled agile framework, DAD, and so on. We had a white paper published last week. And, and of course, we will provide you links to all of these things in the SoundCloud description. So one of the cool things that we were able to show off at Summit uh, was our new product, Autoblocks, for Jira. Um, what this does is it builds on Blockly technology and allows you to essentially create automations without having to write code. Um, you're going to you have a drag and drop interface, and it things that you used to have to write a Groovy script for, for instance, you can now just drag and drop. Um, so I'm going to drag in as this issue is updated and then I'm going to drag in, you know, for each linked issue, do a thing, but it's all puzzle pieces. And so you're just dragging and dropping on the screen. You don't have to write any of that code. We've pre-built a whole bunch of different types of automation for you. Um, and it's basically, it, it allows a great deal of automation to be created without having to really know how to code. Um, and, Mentioned in the press release, but kind of glossed over, um, we are, in the, in, in the spirit of DevOps and continuous integration, uh, we are partnering with several leading marketplace vendors, um, Tempo, ALM Works, and Riata. And we want to help enable other apps to use this technology um, across the Atlassian ecosystem. Autoblocks is cool. Autoblocks is cool. And I love uh, how it, it sounds like cool. Autobots. Yes, roll out. Roll out. And, uh, roll out Autoblocks. And, and one thing that we, we did want to mention um, is that Autoblocks, because we're in beta, we're offering uh, one offering free access to Autoblocks for the next year. It's also important to note that we're not just working with Tempo, ALMworks, and Riata on Autoblocks. Uh, we've been working with them on ScriptRunner for quite a while, uh, building integrations between our apps. I met with people from all three companies to talk about how we can collaborate on training and badging and all kinds of exciting things. Uh, we've got ongoing conversations around a lot of things. So uh, if you are at Tempo, ALM Works, or Riata, shout out to you. We love you guys. Enjoyed spending time with you so much last week and uh, look forward to working with you more. And if you're a partner listening to this and you're like, well, we do a lot of stuff with ScriptRunner. We're interested in this. We want to learn more about Autoblocks please reach out to us. Uh, I, we always reference learn at adaptivist.com. It goes to a bunch of different people, but you can get in touch with us. I'll forward it on to Ryan and uh, happy to talk more with, you know, with you all about uh, how we can make sure that we're, we're building that full DevOps stack for all of our users. Cause like, you know, they're all Alassian people when they win, we win. I would like to also point out if you've listened to this podcast recently, you know, we have a thing for a good, solid GIF, right? Well, make sure you go to the Autoblocks page that we'll link to in SoundCloud so that you can see a gnarly GIF on how Autoblocks works. It's totally sweet. And once you see it in action, I mean, Brenda, your explanation was totally fine. Totally got it, right? But once you see it, you'll be like... You do have to see it. You have to, to see it. it. Yeah, I can talk about it, it until I'm blue in the face, but the magic happens when you look at it. And if you go there, if you sign up for an Autoblocks beta, you get it for free, and you are entered to win one of 100 Raspberry Pis. 
You can automate mm-hmm. your house with that, dog. You also get the dubious pleasure of uh, potentially working with my team on the documentation because we're going to be starting starting in June. We're going to be reaching out to people to conduct interviews about documentation, how we can make it better for you. Autoblocks is our first product with uh, extensive in-app documentation, a little panel that slides out and just gives you help in con- you know in context. We're going to be doing a lot more contextualized stuff this year, and so uh, it's exciting times. It is an exciting time indeed, Matthew. Um, before we wrap things up, Brenda, we want to hear about how delivering the brand new Atlassian University Confluence Admin course went. It went fairly smoothly. Um, the I definitely had a mix of experience level in the course. So there were a few people who the feedback was, you know, great job, but I know all this. And then there were a few people who were not quite as experienced in Confluence administration, which is the point of running that sort of training. Um, so it, it did feel, and I've got a little bit of feedback to send back to Atlassian's course developers. Um, it, it sort of felt it was six modules long. Modules one through five, if you're familiar with Confluence administration, you've probably encountered these sorts of things at some point. Module six came out of left field and hit everybody like a freight train. (laughs) (laughs) And there were a lot of deer in the headlight looks and people going, can you remind Uh, me what module six was, Brenda? Because I I reviewed the course in advance and I I experienced that same thing, but I can't remember exactly what it was. Giant Uh, meteor. Oh, yeah, it was the meteor, right? (laughs) It was the meteor meteor module. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, so basically module one is your standard course overview. This is what the course will be like. Uh, modules two through five, configuring your system, setting up users and security, administering spaces and managing content. Those are all things that even if you have sort of been handed Confluence administration, you're, you're going to deal with those at some point. Um, module six was ongoing Confluence administration. And let me get to some of the details on it got into things like uh, backups and restoration, if I recall correctly. Yeah. Backups. And that was one of those things where it was like, well, you have to know a fair bit about your, your database. And if you're not the DBA, you have to work with them. So it's what are the tasks involved in a production site backup and restore? Mm-hmm. What's the difference between a site backup and a site XML export? How do you export and restore space? How do you rebuild the content index? And how do you view cache statistics? And for our listeners at home, you cannot see the look on Ryan Spilkin's face, but it 100% mirrors the look of many of the students in my course. It is a look of of just jaw hitting the floor. What? what? It's not. It's so these are things that. These are good things to know. They're good things to know, but they're things that are a little more on the server administration side. So you, in, in, in previous roles, I've worked in organizations where I have an enterprise systems admin or I have a DBA and I just work with those people to, they make that magic happen. And all I need to know is the stuff that we covered in one through five or modules two through five, really. Yeah, I don't know anything about a Confluence cache, and I've been administering Confluence for years. Um, that was always something that was done by someone else. So I think that many organizations may have a similar breakdown. And so the folks that took this course went, wow, modules two through five. I've seen all this stuff before because I've been admitting a Confluence instance. And then module six comes in, boom, here's all this stuff that you may have never had to deal with. And so it did. it did feel sort of, just 
right there at the end of the day too. I, yeah. I think part of the challenge is that Atlassian is trying to help prepare people for the Confluence certification exam. And those are topics that we wrote in there because it's, you know, often the, the Confluence admin does need to know those things, but you're right nail on the head, Ryan, like when it's hour seven of an eight hour course, like that's hard to introduce that topic there. And when we reviewed the course in advance and went through it, like I, I, I really liked module six. I was like, this is super high value content, but there were a lot of things in modules one through five that could have had a lot of depth to them and just got mentioned. This is a thing that exists and we skated past it really quickly. And then module six sort of tonally goes way more in depth um, than the previous five modules. So it, it very much feels like a different thing. It, it doesn't really get into the depth and it's hard during a class like that. Like you can't really have people do a full restore and backup or, you know, backup and yeah, restore. There's no, it's, there's it's, no way to It's hard to get the experiential learning there. It's so it almost needs to be like a, a separate workshop on, on yeah, that type of stuff where you've got multiple servers to work with. I felt like we could have had more time. Um, it was actually scheduled as a, I think it was a six, six and a half hour course. You know, we had lunch and we had breaks. I could have talked a lot longer. We had some, we had some folks in the room and some, so it was supposed to end at four 30 and I still had some people in the room at five 20 mm. and there were a lot of questions. People had brought a lot of questions, which that's what summits for, you know, bring your questions, um, to the booth, and, bring your questions to the booth. Just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> Bring them to the booth. No, I, you know, I, and, and some of them were not in scope of the course at all. Uh, but I did, I did answer them. And, um, you know, just a, a quick shout out to all the wonderful TAs that helped with training. So I delivered getting more from Jira workflows on Monday and then Confluence administration on Tuesday. I had absolutely phenomenal TAs in both sessions. They made my job much easier as a lead trainer. I'm sure that Krista and Renee as um, fellow adaptivist lead trainers would agree. Um, but really, as far as, as training in general goes, this summit was a dream compared to some of the other minor headaches we've had with some of the previous summit training sessions we've done. Um, so yeah, this course, you know, for a first run, not bad. For those who are interested in Confluence Administration, it is listed on Atlassian's training page. But I will point out that while it says the level is introductory, we actually would recommend that you do the Confluence Essentials course first. Uh, be familiar with that uh, before you jump into a Confluence Administration. I would probably consider it more of an intermediate training. Um, despite Module 6, it's not really advanced. Um, if you've been doing Confluence Admin for a year, you're going to be pretty familiar with it. Uh, but... Uh, but still, yeah, it's, I, I wouldn't call it an introductory training, but it's, it's, yeah, it's, Somewhere it's approachable. And yeah, it's intermediate. And, intermediate. and mm -hmm. if you're interested in having Adaptivist deliver the new Confluence admin course to you, get a hold of us. We'll be glad to connect you with the right team. All right, guys, last question. We have seen some incredible swag in years past going from Lego mugs to rainbow unicorn USB cables to uh, some killer stuff from Adaptivist, including our patent-pending brand-jacking T-shirts. What was your favorite thing that you saw this year? I, I do want to give props to Adaptivist this year. I thought the, our, our theme was Evolve, so we did the evolution of gaming. Uh, so we had, gave out four gaming systems, and I, I remember three of them. It was like a, what, a Game Boy Advanced or a Game Boy Color. I can't remember. Uh, so it was Game Boy Color, a PlayStation Classic, hmm. It was a Nintendo Switch and a Nintendo VR headset. In the VR headset. Wow. Oculus. So that was pretty sweet. Uh, I can't remember who, and I'm so sorry if you're listening. Someone was giving away a guitar. They've done that in years past. That is a sweet giveaway. I'm really blanking. I don't remember if it was Service Rocket or who. So if I 
not giving props appropriately. I apologize. I love the guitar giveaway. I think that's a cool idea. It was a pretty um, sweet guitar, and I'm really sad I didn't win it when I was. I uh, yeah. I got a nice little bouncy ball from Exvium that lights up when it bounces. Uh, I reckon my son will enjoy that. And uh, that was the only swag I actually got was a little, like a bouncy ball. But uh, you know, when you're when you're when you're swagging for a six month old, you're you're limited. I swagged for a six year old. Um, I picked up another service <laughs> rocket, squishy rocket, because the mm-hmm. one from the previous summit had fallen apart. So that was very very popular for me. Um, I actually didn't get a whole lot of opportunity to walk around the expo hall. I was, I was either in meetings or working the booth. Um, I I did enjoy that toward the end of, uh, Thursday, a number of other folks came over and was like, let's trade swag. And so I got some really cool t-shirts and stuff like that. I didn't really bring home tons and tons of swag this year. Oh, all right. Well, Matthew, Brenda, as always, it is a pleasure talking with you. And to our listeners, thank you again so much for listening to Adaptivist Live. And again, we want to shout out to those listeners who approached Matthew and Brenda and said, hey, we listen to the podcast. Thank you so much. It means the world to us. And I'm sorry I wasn't there to shake your hands and hand out hugs. And that's it for this week. So... Thanks for listening. Please hit us up on social media at Adaptivist. You can also email us at learn at adaptivist.com. I dare you to email us, really. <laughs> so from Matthew Stubblefield. Until 2029. <laughs> so from Matthew Stubblefield and Brenda Burrell, I'm Ryan Spilgen, and we'll see you next time on Adaptivist Live. Must you say stuff like this? Yes. 